Blog Talk Radio. Welcome. This is Pat Solver with the Doctor Ways In. Um, I'm also known as At Doc Ways In, and we have a, an incredible program today because I have with me William Rosenswag, who is the Dean and Executive Director of the New Food Business School, uh, which is located in uh, well all over the place, but has a main campus in the Napa Valley. So, welcome, William. Thank you very much, Pat. I thought we'd start out by uh, having you tell us, uh, you know, so what is a food business school and and why do we need one? Well, the food business school is really the first school dedicated to food entrepreneurship and innovation and is focused on experiential uh, education. And we're really set up to develop really the next generation of leaders, innovators, and entrepreneurs to transform the business of food. We're the new uh, executive and graduate division of the Culinary Institute of America, which is one of the world's leading culinary colleges. It's a nonprofit, accredited organization. It's been around about 70 years and has been training people in food and food service and producing some of the world's most prominent uh, chefs as well. So, um, so are you, what's the idea behind the food business school? Are you training people so they can open restaurants or create new products? Or are you thinking broader than that, uh, maybe stars on the food channel? Um, but what about public health? You know, we're, a, we're, we're healthcare focused and, um, and we know that now people are talking about food as you know the the, the next big thing in in medicine. Um, are, are you are you having a, a narrow or a broad focus when you're training your um, innovators? Well, we've got a very uh, uh, substantial uh, breadth of uh, activity. We're we're helping to support and nurture uh, innovators both young people who are interested in getting into the food system as well as accomplished people who may already be growing or working in an established company that are needing to grow or transform the, um, the business that they're already in. So we're working from everything from the realm of precision agriculture uh, to personalized health and nutrition issues of sustainability like food waste and resource efficiency, um, food education. Some of our students are working right now on projects that involve genomics and genetic testing as a way of informing personalized uh, food recommendations. So quite a broad um, area. Also people that have uh, restaurants and products um, and are interested in taking their businesses to scale or turning an idea into a business. Uh, we're really uh, looking to unite cross-disciplinary expertise and people who are passionate uh, and committed to really working on food as a topic of uh, transformation in, in society and across the world. And so are your 
courses designed so, um, for example, maybe somebody from the medical school who's really interested in this nutrigenomics that you were talking about uh, might want to come and take some classes with you. Would they be able to intermingle with people who have more uh, traditional approaches as, as, as a way of cross-pollinating? Or are your classes pretty much you know, narrowly topic-focused? And why don't you tell us about some of the classes? Yeah, so, uh, Pat, we're working toward, um, in the in the years to come, to be able to offer a graduate certificate in food systems leadership and one in food systems innovation and entrepreneurship. So we'd like to be able to support people who have developed some technical competencies in areas like you described. It could be a student of public health or a medical student. Um, could be an engineer or a computer scientist. It could be a, a farmer. Um, it could be a chef. Uh, it could be somebody that comes from a completely different background. But our focus is on helping people take ideas and transform them into successful ventures and initiatives. So we work in the realm of um, commercialization, in venture development, in growing businesses and uh, initiatives. We're also very uh, interested in helping people who have uh, a, a social orientation to their business you know, or, or uh, activity, people who are focused on really tough problems like access to healthy food um, or issues related to food waste or undernourishment. Um, so we also focus very much on the, the social entrepreneurship area of uh, food innovation. And how about food politics? You know, one of the things with my hat, you know, with my physician hat on and looking at what's happened in this country with obesity and, and, and the challenges when the public health system has tried to do something in that area, say ban sodas or decrease the size of the sodas and so forth. And the problem I think a lot of times is that people who have those interests aren't always as sophisticated about how to work the politics and the business interests on the other side are so huge. Are you going to do anything in that realm, uh, help people understand how they could be better food politicians? Well, absolutely. I think our our approach would be to provide the kind of in information and context so that an entrepreneur and innovator could understand the landscape, understand how policy is um, shaping and moving. For instance, we offered a course earlier this fall called Ethical Leadership in the Food Business. And this is one of the courses we consider to be core to our curriculum. Um, in a lot of business schools, Ethics and social responsibility, social entrepreneurship are still elective courses. But at the food business school, we feel that future leaders or current leaders really need to have a, a strong sense of their own moral compass and how, that, um, how those values manifest as potential uh, uh, competitive advantage or attributes of the business. In today's world, having a mission in a business or an organization is absolutely critical. So this course, Ethical Leadership in the Food Business, helps um, leaders shape uh, and design 
organizations so that they embody values that are going to, um, you know, manifest good things in the world. So let's make that that's a very interesting topic. Let's let's make that a little clearer by diving in. Um, what's an example of unethical leadership in the food business? Well, you you probably saw recently there was a story where a CEO of a um, food processing company that sold peanut butter was actually indicted and sent to jail. Um, He knowingly, apparently knowingly, uh, sold contaminated product that was not safe for consumption. That would be an example of unethical behavior in the food business. I think that where the way we're thinking of things and and trying to educate people now is with a systems mindset. Uh, As a leader in the food industry, you need to be accountable to more than just shareholders. You're actually participating in a very complex system of supply with impacts that um, affect health and sustainability. We now know that the quality of the soil, the quality of the microbiome of a soil can actually and does impact the nutritional value of a, of a carrot that you grow in it. So um, I think it's food that's making people recognize on a personal level the interconnectedness um, of, our, uh, of our life and of the systems in which we work. So at the Food Business School, we're really trying to train people uh, and develop their ability to to think and act and manage and lead in a system as opposed to just sort of the conventional uh, measurables of revenue and profit uh, and growth. So um, we're really looking to have people be both successful business leaders and, and see themselves as stewards as well. And it may be a little... A little early, William, but have you had any outreach from, say, big food, you know, the leaders of the big food business who've brought us, you know, the the, the food labels that have a lot of words that none of us could pronounce uh, filled with, uh, you know, preservatives and all, all, all this other kind of stuff that people are trying to avoid? Because I have been reading that those companies are, um, are, are starting to have trouble now, that people are avoiding what Michael Pollan calls, you know, the, the, the middle part of the grocery store and they're, and they're shopping, you know, the, the um, you know the ends of the grocery store where the fresh fruits and vegetables are. Are are any of those folks reaching out to you? Have you have you talked to any of them about the concerns as people are becoming more educated about food and much more sophisticated about their choices? Oh, ab- absolutely. I mean, um, the big food companies are filled with well-intended people who who want to do well. And they're uh, adapting. Every day we read a story. I mean, just yesterday I read that Hershey's decided now to replace um, vanillin, which is an artificial vanilla, with real vanilla in their products. And Kraft last month announced that they were going to take all their preservatives out of their products. So the food company, Big Food, you know, which has been working with a different paradigm uh, for many, many years, is now trying to adapt. They're also, you know, continue to acquire smaller mission-driven companies that embody the values and products that um, consumers want. So Campbell's recently bought Plum Organics and uh, Hershey's bought Crave Jerky. This is, you know, this continues um, a decade-long 
uh, trend where the larger food companies try to catch up to the marketplace by acquiring the smaller you know, companies. I think what's different now is that those bigger companies are more likely to let the smaller companies retain their autonomy and independence uh, and not try to in- integrate them so fully so that those companies can retain the authentic brand relationship and product commitments that make them so popular with um, you know with new consumers but you make a good point Pat because the world is changing so quickly in food and I think this is one of the, the reasons to your earlier question why does the world need a food business school it's for this very reason that the that you know not only are cons- uh, consumer and individual tastes and values changing we now have a millennial generation um, which is very very oriented toward food there's a there's a little book out called Generation Yum that that supposes that 50% of millennials identify as um, as foodies and see the world through a lens of being very uh, uh, astute about food and they care about where it comes from, who grows it. They care about uh, what people got paid uh, along the way. They're they're asking for transparency. They're they're demanding uh, new labeling laws your earlier point about policy that, you know, that creates um, fair and clear access to what it is they're, they're buying and eating. And the last thing I read recently was that the data shows that this, this group of people, this group of consumers is the first generation to actually put their money where their mouth is and, and, and be willing to pay more for products that, that come from a, a holistic kind of integrity around health and sustainability. Wow, that's uh, that's really good to hear. Um, and as we're talking about uh, that generation, you mentioned when we were talking earlier that um, one of the things that you've done in the school that's different from some other schools is that you have uh, an intergenerational approach. Um, and is that on the teaching side or the student side, or how 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 is that playing out? And what do you mean when you say intergenerational approach? Well, I think. In addition to creating a food business school, we're also trying to reinvent uh, how people learn. We're we're entering um, a time when people are living longer, uh, they're enjoying multiple careers. So we really think about our student body as lifelong learners. That are people are going to be learning different things at different parts of their lives. And we also think that there's a lot for people to learn for um, younger people to learn from older people and older people to learn from younger people. And we actually think that's part of the recipe for innovation, is that innovation happens when disparate um, uh, points of view, disparate expertise, different talents and motivations come together in an unexpected way. So our educational platform is um, oriented toward lifelong learning. So we're we we have programs that are oriented toward millennial uh, learners, people who have maybe finished college and are now thinking about getting into the food industry. They need to get up to speed quickly on how the food system works, how the food business works, and um, and develop their network and access to employment opportunities. 
Similarly, we're working with food entrepreneurs, and then we're working with corporate executives. So we have people uh, in our programs ranging from 22 to, um, you know, 70. And uh, we think that, that, that there's some exciting opportunities, actually, for what we call cross-general cross-generational learning as well. Can you can you tell us uh just you don't have to tell us their name but pick two or three of of your students and tell us a little bit about their background and what they're doing in the food business school and why they decided to to take courses through you? Yeah, so one that I just think of um that comes to mind is a, a gentleman named Dave uh who is in his encore career. He was an incredibly successful uh CEO of uh, engineering and tech companies during his life. He had raised lots of venture capital and grown several businesses to, um, you know, great, great success. And then um, in his uh, encore career decided that he was really interested in probiotic health and fermented foods and had been doing a lot of study about the, uh, microbiome and its relationship to immunity and so he actually went into the pickle business <laughs> and uh, he, he created a wonderful uh, company called Sonoma Brinery and for I think four or five years has been running and growing that company you know pretty much by himself with a couple of people and he came to our scale up your authentic food business course last June to um, participate our, in our innovation intensive to help him think about and plan out the next phase of his business. So how, that how to was, scale um, and make how, how to scale, scale yeah, and make pickles available for everyone. Yeah, he was talking. He was thinking about you know he's coming to a point where he's thinking about bringing on other partners, um, other investors. He's thinking about you know moving from a single plant to multiple plants. And he needed a time and place to step back from the day-to-day operations of the business to really dive in. And at the same time, our focus in this particular course is to help people who feel like they've created something very special that has a mission and a purpose and figure out how to scale it up or how much to scale it up without threatening or losing those special attributes. So that's, that's one example. Um, uh, just the other day, I got a very nice email from one of the students who took our uh, Concept to Shelf course, which is another innovation intensive that helps people um, who have an idea turn it into a business. And this is a, a young gentleman who uh, discovered a very special kind of yogurt product uh, in Europe a number of years ago and wanted to figure out if he could bring it to this country. So he just told me that he had a very successful launch uh, on Indiegogo and raised all the money he needed for his um, first batch. And we're very excited for him in our program. And then similarly, just the other night, we had an open house and I met one of the students who's been participating in our online course, which is called Food Venture Formation and Financing. And he's uh, keen to understand how to set his business up for success. He's working on uh, in the area of personalized nutrition, and uh, we have a wonderful five-week online course that's extremely affordable that, that walks people through the um, approaches to agreements and contracts and 
um, uh, responsibility and accountability and then gets into term sheets and approaches to financing a business. So he was very pleased with the um, the course. And he is, he's actually somebody that's taken quite a bit of online education. And he told us that what he really liked about the Food Business School's online courses was the opportunity for peer-to-peer learning. Because we use a platform where the students, actually the learners, interact quite a bit with one another and function on teams to work on projects rather than some of the conventional uh, online learning platforms now that are basically one-to-many or kind of more like um, lectures in which you take, you know, quizzes. Just just to um, clarify, Pat, all of our education is very experience-based. We believe that people actually have to do to learn so in our online courses and our in-person courses, we're always setting up situations where people um, have to do things. We, we think of it as acting your way into meaning. You have to do things that prepare you um, to be, uh, you know, sort of equipped to do it in the future. So we pull and push people into situations that they're likely to encounter in the future um, and give them the chance to practice. Yeah, well, that sounds that sounds great, and I really like the idea that it's more like the kind of experience that you get in an MBA where you work in teams and you learn from your peers, as opposed to kind of the traditional MOOC, push it out to me, and uh, you know, and I'll, I'll I'll try and absorb what I can. I want to stop just for a second and say to our guests who are logged in that if you have questions, just type them in the chat box. That's the way we know you're ready to ask a question. And I also wanted to tell you that you can learn more about the Food Business School on their website. It's a beautiful website, foodbusinessschool.org. So um, I I wanted to – we don't have much time left, William, but one of the things that I wanted to talk about was whether you have any outcomes. Um, Have your students actually accomplished any of their goals, or or are you still a little bit early for that? And, well, and by I, that I mean, have they, you know, got a, brought a product to market, opened a restaurant, saved a life, you know, cha- changed something well, significant? Well, I, I should say that, you know, what for me, one of the real sources of inspiration for working uh, together with the Culinary Institute of America to, to found this school was an experience that I, I had with two of my students from UC Berkeley nine or ten years ago, Kirsten Toby and Kristen Richmond are the founders of Revolution Foods, which is the um, country's largest purveyor of healthy school meals and uh, family-friendly foods uh, in the country. And they came to UC Berkeley with a dream of helping uh, kids eat a healthier lunch and started in one school in Oakland about nine years ago serving, I think, about 60 meals um, in a day. And now the company is serving a million and a half meals a week across the country in 13 different states. And they actually developed the idea and wrote the business plan for that course, um, uh, for that company, in a course that's almost identical to the the course that Food Business School offers now called Food Venture Lab. So... Um, indeed, you know, it does take some time, but I think there are a lot of proven <laughs> results from from our, you know, approach. And uh, we're very new, Pat. We just started uh, earlier this year. 
we're building on the great tradition that the Culinary Institute brings of being, you know, one of the only accredited nonprofit colleges in the culinary arts. Um, and we're, you know, part of their commitment and evolution to become a food university. And we look to collaborate and um, cooperate with other schools. We expect that um, a lot of our programs and courses will be of interest to people in other graduate programs, like you mentioned, whether they're in law school or in public policy school or public health or medical school, you know, or whether they're developing a new sensor that's going to transform the way we grow and bring produce to market. So we're trying to be a, be a convener. Um, the Culinary Institute has a great history of collaborating with wonderful institutions like UC Davis and MIT and the Harvard School of Public Health. So we're continuing that tradition with Food Business School and seeing ourselves as uh, sort of a nexus point of a lot of different uh, expertise um, so I have a couple questions I want to close with um, that I think yeah. our listeners will want to know. Uh, one is, um, is there an application process? Do you have to, you know, prove that you have good grades to go? Or, and then the other thing is approximately how much does it cost? Can I come in and take one class? Do I have to sign up for a whole program? A little bit about, um, you know, what a student might want to know who's thinking about um, coming and, and learning from you. Right now, um, we're offering our courses in an a la carte manner. So you can take any course you like. A couple of the classes uh, programs do require an application. The application is, is focused more on uh, assessing your intent and your commitment and the, um, the, the potential of your, your idea or venture and our ability to be helpful to you. Um, the courses are very affordable relative to, um, you know, other ways to get this education. Um, we're bringing people in contact uh, with proven experts in their fields. The people who teach our courses come from both leading universities and are top of their game in their um, own profession. So the gentleman that teaches uh, the food venture formation and financing um, course is a highly accomplished lawyer in this field. Um, we have professors from Stanford and, and Davis um, teaching courses. One of the courses that's coming up real soon in the Bay Area is called From Concept to Shelf, and that's led by people who lead innovation and commercialization at Plum Organics, Revolution Foods, and Crave Jerky. Um, so if people want to learn from people who have done it and have been great successes, our courses are, you know, a perfect fit for that. Yeah, it sounds fantastic. Well, we do have a question from somebody uh, who calls, I'm assuming, it, I'm going to say herself, but it could be himself, the baking fairy. And um, this person says, what would you recommend to someone who does not have an idea what they want to do, but they're interested in food business? What's a, what's a good starting point for them? Well, I think uh, I would recommend trying to learn as much as you can about uh, the, the challenges and the problems. Um, all great uh, businesses start with serving a need that is um, either not being served or is underserved. So figuring out what the problems are and then uh, 
bringing your own passion and commitment to that is a great place to start. So find something that you care about, um, find something that you want to work on and that you feel that uh, you could bring your patience and your persistence and your perseverance to. Uh, starting a new venture um, is, you know, very challenging. There's also, I recommend for people, you know, to just try to get to know companies that, that inspire them or um, whose products they use and try to get to know those companies on a personal basis. And sometimes you'll find that your own uh, passion and um, your enthusiasm and your skills might find uh, your way in the door to, uh, to find a role in a growing company. Great advice. So um, we're just about out of time. I want to uh, wrap up by uh, thanking uh, William for spending time with us. It just flew by. This is so interesting. I have to go online and figure out what course I'm going to take. Oh, and, great. Uh, to, and to let everybody know, uh, once again, that you can learn more about the Food Business School by going to their website, which is thefoodbusinessschool.org. So foodbusinessschool.org. So thank you very much, William. And, um, you know, we'll touch base with you again in six months and see uh, what's happened since uh, Please today. Please do. See you in class, Pat. <laughs> okay. Sounds great. All thank right. you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.